Welcome to the Vine Life Podcast. We're a church in Manchester who love Jesus, each other and our city. Catch up on this week's message and more. Amazing. Thank you very much. I'm clearly very new. Um, thanks. It's a privilege to be sharing with you guys this morning. Um, yeah, so I'm Austin. Um, I've been part of the community for probably about five ish years I think now um, doesn't seem like that long ago but time flies when you're having fun as I say um, I am privileged to obviously serve as one of your trustees um, in here um, and I'm married to Chichi who's gone with my little human being with the big afro um, to, to, the, to the kind of kids room so um, kind of they're not they're missing the, the fun that's happening in here um, so yeah privileged to speak gonna hopefully try and keep it short I'm gonna set my alarm clock Bear with me, we're going through this process, we'll be good, amen. Um, can I pray for you guys and then we can kick off? Um, Jesus, thank you for um, such a privilege to be here, um, to hear from you and to just carry your heart for what you're trying to do in the city of Manchester and beyond. God, I pray that you bless this time today. We slow down and we just say, God, we love you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for everything that you've done for us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Right, so we are in week three of our series on 1 John, um, and, you know, John, uh, John, John, our John kicked us off. That's confusing, <laughs> but that's not going to be the last time. So our John kicked us off initially talking about actually putting some context around the book of 1 John, um, and he talked a lot about fellowship, fellowship with God and fellowship with one another, but also um, setting the scene of how, how can we be a community who are people who are comfortable with the idea of confessing one to another and creating safety where we can do that. And then Ralph picked up the thread and then started talking about, hey, like God is light and you know there is no shadow of darkness in him. And so we are called to walk in the light just as our father is in the light. And he touched on a particular scripture that talked about um, Sorry, I kind of talk a lot from my, my heart and my head, whatever. Um, but we'll get there, it, it will land. Um, and he talked about the scripture, the idea of loving the world and not to love the world because it doesn't have that much to offer. Um, and in the book, in 1 John 2, there's a particular verse in there where he was talking about how um, what's, what constitutes love of the world or love for the world is you know, just the accumulation of material stuff the lust of a flesh, pride. And Jesus is saying, hey, like, I'm calling you guys into something else. There is an alternative to what secular culture is offering. And that's what I'm hoping to dive in today. So the context of this message really comes from a place where, um, I guess, personally, in the journey I've been going through, where I've been engaging with the city and society and listening to the dialogue within sort of secular culture and how it's very driven at performance and conforming to these ideals that are not anything that I subscribe to necessarily, right? There, might, there are norms and values in society and based on what those norms and values dictate that we do, we kind of step into those and we try and live a life and get value from those things. And that's what the world offers. And that looks like material things, going after material things, that's the main thing. It looks like, you know, getting ahead um, regardless of who you hurt on the way. And, and God's saying, hey, like, there is a different way, and that's what I want to look into today. So if I go into 1 John, I think from verse 11, so bear with me, I'll get it up in here. So 1 John 3 and 11 says, This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We must not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil, and his brother had been doing what was righteous. 
So don't be surprised, hey, Manchester, don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. We know what real, and so this is where I want us to focus on. So if we hone in on verse 16, it says, we know what real love is. Like if you pause there, the way we know, if you want to know what real love looks like, it looks like Jesus gave his life, his life up for you and I, so we also ought to give our lives up for those around us. So the, the essence of the love, of what love is, looks like living sacrificially. It looks like laying our lives down for those, for the benefit of those around us. Um, and Romans 5 and verse 8 kind of, again, takes that idea and pushes that further to say, you can't just love in word. Love looks like demonstration. So he says, the love of God is demonstrated to us in this, that whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While I was God's enemy, while I had nothing to offer, while I was drowning in my own blood of death and sin, he came and walked past me and said, hey, you live. And he gave his life for me so that I can walk and have something that I didn't perform to, to obtain, right? And so this is something that's radically different to what we're seeing in secular culture because secular culture, like I said before, is, hey, like, how did you do in your last quarter? How are you doing as a parent? How well, well sorry, I'm not, I don't want to start up a political row here, but like, even you know, when you talk about veganism, how, how vegan are you? And there is always this, this thing where it's like, you might be doing really well on one side and performing well, and then the world will say, hey, like, but you're not that great here. And so what, where, that, where that leaves us, or where that, where that brings us to is this place where we're always striving to attain a sense of value. But Jesus is saying, hey, like, I have given you something that you did not earn. I've given you something that you could never obtain in your own self and you would never be able to maintain it in your own self because it's saying it is independent of you. It's not performance-based. Are you with me so far? Because I know I can run. <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, and so what that does in my heart here in Manchester and the context and why that's valid today is because I know I didn't earn this stuff, it brings a sense of humility to me because I'm not better than anybody. When someone's on the journey and they're going through certain things and life looks messy, I can relate to that and be like, hey, dude, like, hey, there, but by the grace of God, go I. And so the way we are called to live in community in the city and beyond is to carry that reality of not judging people in the sense of, hey, like, look at how worse you are. Look at how, how amazing my life is. And again, if you, if you contrast back to or take your mind back to where we started from in terms of the world and you know getting your value from the accumulation of stuff you have stuff so you have the pressure to show it to say hey look how much stuff i have so you can value me but god's saying no that's not how you do this stuff it's not it's not based on those things and i feel like i'm going over that point so um the reason why that's valid to us today is um sans shares a scripture often can't remember the actual scripture i can look to a couple of you who i'm sure will be able to reel that to, to me fairly quickly but um he talks about how we will be known as the children of God based on how we love one another, based on how we live sacrificially with one another. And the reality is, it is something that's radically different from what we're seeing out there. And this space, church context, should be the safest place for people who are 
ill, people who are on a journey, because they can come in, like um, Ralph was talking about last week, with their masks off. And like John was saying, where we can confess to one another and be like, hey, like, God's got us. God's given us a love that we didn't qualify for, so we're humble enough not to be so high-minded that we are better than the people next to us. Does that make sense? Okay, so the other thing this scripture does is it also gives me a massive, actually, before I go into that, I think there's a 1 Corinthians 15, I was going to reference that. No, sorry, Luke 18, sorry. Um, and this Luke 18 talks about this idea, I want to read it line for line, you've all heard it. It looks like me coming in here and going, Jesus, thank you that I'm not like these sinful people. <laughs> I'm not saying you are. But imagine the pride in that statement. Um, the truth is, we chuckle at that, but the truth is, we all do it. And I would, I would challenge us that it's not, if we don't think about it purely from the lens of sin, but look at it from the dialogue that you see for, again, not trying to start a political row here, but just hear the, like the, follow the analogy, right? Where we talk about people, for example, who have lived all their lives in ben on benefits. And then we look at them and we go, hey, like, you know, you're not, fig you're not figuring it out. You're not good because you're doing these things. And whilst there might be truth, if you like, to the story, there is no grace in the conversation. And because there's no grace in the conversation, we just create this us and them thing, whereas we can actually be in a space of, hey, God, you, the love you've had and the laying down of your, of your life and the grace that you've given to me in my life here in Manchester today has, has enabled me to become in a place where I'm experiencing certain things that potentially someone else hasn't experienced. So how can I sit where they sat or they're sitting and love them through and understand the different difference of opinion and help them journey through it in grace rather than, you know, look how better I am than you, right? Um, and then that's just a sober reflection. I, I thought before I, I laughed, I chuckled at the Pharisee point, and that, that was the Holy Spirit checking me on that. So <laughs> I'll check you guys too. <laughs> so, so the next the next bit is around the next bit that the scripture does for me um, in this context of being a recipient of God's love is that it gives me an incredible sense of value, worth, and identity. The reason why is because, like we said, the most precious thing, and I'm not just saying that, like if you think about it, the most precious currency that has ever existed and that will ever exist in humanity is the blood of Jesus. And God gave everything to purchase me. So come on, I'm walking in every room with my head held high. Because like we were singing earlier on um, with the band, we're talking about it's, it's you who make me brave. That's what that looks like. Because you've called me and you've given everything for me, I'm not walking into any, any room feeling intimidated or less than anybody else. But the, the, the alternative to that is I'm not walking into any room feeling like I'm better than anyone else. Because again, the value and the worth that I have it wasn't my own to start with. I didn't earn it based on what I, what I did, right? So people who don't look like me, people who are on a different scale in what we're seeing in secular culture and you know, values and all that stuff, you can engage with those people um, and not feel intimidated by what they have to offer. And I feel like, thank you, <laughs> and I feel like Holy Spirit is calling us into this thing where as a body of Christ, we are in the world and the, the challenge and the risk with this stuff is we engage with the city and we start to carry similar values as them. Where, again, it might not be overt, it might be in the subtle things where it's like, hey, like, look how poorly you're doing as a parent. Or look how, you know, like you're, you're out of a job and where do you find your security? So it's not, we're not naive to the reality of the fact that we are in this world, but we're not off it. But the challenge is how do we create a safe space where people like 
this room, looking around and the, what it represents in terms of diversity, how we can come together and be um, so united behind this idea that we are following Jesus and we want to see the Lamb of God receive the reward for his sacrifice. And that binds us together in a way that secular culture doesn't have. But what we need to do is, as we go into the city and we engage the city, we want to be in a space where we are carrying these awareness, these um, truths with us, where it's like the way we love each other and the way we celebrate each other is totally different from what we expect. I realize I'm talking really quickly, so I'm trying to intentionally slow down. <laughs> okay, so um, the message is going to be super short, so don't worry. Um, you know, we'll be we'll be out fairly soon. But the the context is. Um, We'll, we'll come to that in a second. Slow down, Austin. So if we go into um, 2 Corinthians 5 and 15, there's, a, there's an interesting idea here where God's kind of sharing the same thing. Sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> you got it? So it's uh, first Corinthians, um, 2 Corinthians sorry, 5.15. Okay, so it says, And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Another scripture says we don't regard people according to the flesh. So because of the experience that we've had and what we've engaged and what we've received from Jesus, we're called to live a life that is not looking at valuing people in the same way the world does, because that's not healthy and that's not good. Okay, And there's this continual theme that you know, we, um, we, are, we are called to live a life of sacrifice. We're called to daily lay down our lives for those around us. And if I'm being honest, that's challenging sometimes. It is, and just to caveat this though, what I'm not saying is stay in abusive relationships. What I'm not saying is do not have healthy boundaries. I block numbers all the time <laughs> and, I, and I have, I there's no issues with that because I, if, there, if there are things that are not, you know, adding, that's a whole other story. So it is good. I'm not saying do not have safe boundaries and be, you know, sort of just like a pacifist. But what I'm saying is God's called us into a lifestyle where we daily lay our lives down for those around us. I heard an example um, that someone shared, so I'm going to steal it. And he was talking about how, it's, it's a simple idea, but um, it was talking about how someone got to know uh, or came to faith. And they, the, way, the way they came to faith was because they were engaging in a, way in a workplace and they had a boss in a, in a context and a culture that was very much the leaders take all the value. So if we're looking, if you do a great job at work, your, your, your manager comes in and goes, hey, like I did that. But when you do a really poor job, they go, fire them. And that's the culture that was, that's prevalent in society, but also it was prevalent in this company. And this individual had done a really, really poor job and really messed up. And the manager came and said, hey, like, dude, it was me. I take the rap for that. And don't worry about it, it's me. And he, he went out and took the, the fall. And again, please don't make theology out of that. I'm just kind of sharing an example. Um, and it took the fall for this individual who got it wrong and covered her. Um, and she was perplexed by that because she was like, well, why did you do that? And he was like, well, I just, it's, it's who I am. It's the culture I belong. It's, I'm a follower of Jesus, and it's something that means a lot to me to be able to believe the best in people and help them on their journey. And that was just, and she was just like, I've never seen this before. I don't understand why you do that. Where do you go? Like, where is your community? Where, is, where, do, you, where do you fellowship? And then that was her journey into church. So many times we feel like when we engage with people and we expect salvation to come, it's going to come in our wise speaking. 
But it's, <laughs> but it's not that. It isn't how wise or how eloquent we are. It is literally how do we demonstrate God's love to the people who are hurting around us and within our culture and within our communities, how do we live this out so that it's such a safe place that people out there are like, hey, have you heard of Vine Life? Those guys love each other. Those guys are the ones who, they're, they're, they're God's kids because of how they love each other. What could that look like as a testimony of us as a community where people come in and it's like, mask off. You know, it's okay to be who you are with all your baggage and stuff. And we create that safe space. It is radically different from what we're seeing. And it's it totally is something we should go after. The final thing on this point is around the um, what this does in terms of the depth of relationships. Because I come from a space, I'm, I'm Nigerian, Nigerian descent, if you haven't kind of picked that up. <laughs> um, and there was, um, I mean, it would, typically when you go to some of the markets in, in Lagos, where I'm from, um, you have uh, people who are like, hey, my friend, let me make you a cup of tea. They're just about to fleece you. Like, <laughs> that's, that, so when you hear, oh, my friend, you know, for you, special price, it's a lie. You know, because, <laughs> because there are loads of superficial things where people are looking to engage in relationships with you to take advantage of what you, or sort of take advantage of you in one way, shape, or form. But what this does is like, I can genuinely relate with people and have the depth of relationship without having to feel like I'm trying to get anything from them. There is no ulterior motive besides I just want to love you the way Christ loves you. Amen? Okay, so, so after, having said all that, um, what do we do with that? How easy is it for us to actually engage the city in this way with our boss who is really challenging and difficult to work with, with our work colleagues who constantly put us down and try to give us, take advantage of the work we did um, and, and all of that stuff. It is really challenging and that's where we come to this space, the tree, the visual. <laughs> um, and so what we're gonna do in a moment is, after I talk about this, we're gonna have a time of ministry because I think it's really important that we do. Um, but before, I get, before the band come up, we'll just talk this through. So this was an idea. So I'd been kind of processing and mulling over this thing for a while. Um, and Andy Smith shared this and I went, that's it. Like that's what I'm trying to articulate. And it is, um, we want to see the fruits which look like living sacrificially. We want to see um, the fruits of righteousness. We want to see all that stuff. Um, but then the way we get the fruit is by being with him, right? Simple idea. Sorry, I feel like I'm... Let me look at it this way. Sorry. Rewind. Cut that off. Um, <laughs> so when we, when, we, because we, when we are with him, we become like him and we produce fruits that abide. What secular culture and religion tends to do is say, hey, like, look at those fruits. Look at how shiny they are. Let's major on that. Let's, let's, let's have a form of godliness but deny the power that sits behind it. Let us go after using willpower and performance to get these fruits. But that's really nasty. Like fruit, that's like, it feels like a really sour fruit that would make you sick. Because, like I said, it's superficial. It doesn't have the depth behind it. It, it talks about, um, you, you have a lot of plastic fruits in there. It's not the real thing. But God's like, hey, like to get real fruit is, it looks like depth of relationship. Go deeper in me and produce fruit. Outside me, you can do nothing. And so I feel like where Holy Spirit wants us to do some work or what he wants to do some work on today is around I feel like there's a number of us in this room who have been in our doing life we've started to slowly move into this space where we're taking on things and taking on the way um, uh, culture values 
us and we're striving, we're using willpower to say, I'm just going to try a little bit harder. I'm going to, you know, try and then I fail. I'm like, oh, you know, wretched man I am. <laughs> you know, you want to do hard. And I, and I want to be clear, sin is a part of it, but I'm not necessarily talking about sin. I'm talking about how you, like I said, what, what Ralph talked about, about parenting or what, um, sorry, my phone's going off. <laughs> um, or like practical things that you deal with where you're saying, hey, God, I, I'm, I'm dealing with this thing at work or maybe I just lost my job. And I'm trying to figure out how I get my value in, the con- in that context. Or um, I'm trying hard, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm trying hard at work, but the value isn't being conferred to me and I'm not getting rewarded for what I want. And I'm striving harder, but I'm, I'm still not kind of hitting the mark. And God said, I felt like God was saying to me about today that there are a lot of us in this room who have become, who have a strong sense of condemnation, guilt, shame, because we're not pr- producing those fruits. And because we're not, we're not seeing those fruits, we're striving harder. And Holy Spirit is like, no, it may not look like the spiritual thing, but the way, he, the way to get that fruit that abides is to go deeper in him. The other thing that you know, I feel like I wanted to share is that the idea that you have um, seasons in your life where it seems like there isn't as much fruit being produced um, isn't necessarily because you're doing anything wrong. It could just mean that the season has changed. And the, the, in, in those places, the way you get sustenance through the seasons or the dry seasons of life is, hey, come and be with me. Go deeper, build, build deeper roots. Um, if it's winter, go deeper because the season is kind of harsh and it's more difficult. And so there, there are also a number of us in this room who are feeling that weariness of trying to, again, produce fruit with the same, um, and again, please don't make theology issues. I'm just sharing what I feel like God's, God's saying. Um, uh, so you've been producing fruit based on the, the, le- the depth of relationship that you had with Jesus before, but the season has changed and you're, lo- you're like, hey, like, I-, I haven't changed anything. I've done everything like I did before, but I feel like I'm in a dry space and I'm not producing like I want to. And Holy Spirit is saying, hey, like, that's thirst and hunger. And he's calling you into something deeper so that he will sustain you to bear fruit that abides. So if you see yourself in any of those two spaces in a moment, the band are going to come up and we're just going to, ha- we're going to get together and we're going to pray into this stuff and we want to see lasting change that completely transforms us. Amen? Amen. Uh, I believe that's my time. So if I can get the band to come up again, if you're in that space, start to process and please come forward in a sec. We're going to pray together. Um, and yeah, I'll hand back over to Sarah. But can I pray for you before she comes on? Um, Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're doing. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would breathe life um, into, into the hearts uh, of everyone and every one of us. Help us to know that we are not trapped in this thing of performance, but you've called us to much more. May we be known by life as a community who go after you and who love one another like no other. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope you enjoyed today's message. If you want to find out more, head to our website, findlife.co.uk, or follow us on Instagram. God bless, and see you soon.